Welcome to the Young Fabian Communication Network podcast with me, Dan Malloy. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Stefan Stan about all things regarding IPSO, press regulation and press freedoms. I'm now with former FT journalist Stefan Stern. Um, so, Stefan, do you believe that IPSO, as a regulator, is in fact Leveson compliant? I'm not sure. There seems to be so much scepticism among some people that I take very seriously that uh, we have to be a bit nervous about uh, IPSO, the constitution of it, some of the people who are involved with it. Um, we still seem to be a long way from what was discussed and agreed under the, the supposed Royal Charter mechanism. And uh, I think there's a lot more work to do. Um, the government, one minute, seems to send a signal that it's not pursuing things and then hints that perhaps it might be. And I think we need to test that uh, uh, more thoroughly. Sure. And on the issue of regulation itself, do you, where do you perceive the line to be? I think Judge Leveson said that this, his was the seventh major inquiry into the workings of the press since the war and said that we didn't want to have an eighth. I uh, think that uh, the Royal Charter may have been the best of a bad job in the sense that, in principle, of course, no one really wants self-regulation. We want self-regulation to work, and yet, clearly in Britain, self-regulation hasn't worked. It doesn't work. Um, People use the the label, the the claim of freedom of the press uh, to justify, at times, uh, outrageous and disgraceful behaviour and um, uh, what I think was called a tiny dash of statute I think was the euphemism used, a tiny element of uh, of regulation, however offensive that is to libertarians it seems to be almost uh, unavoidable um, in the wake of the behaviour of the press in the, in the recent past. Sure, do you accept, do you accept the argument that any regulation is an imposition on the freedom of the press? Well, I suppose I, I suppose I do. I, mean, I think that's impossible to deny. Um, but at the same time, I think that um, you know newspapers um, enjoy a special uh, position in society, and they have a responsibility not deliberately to publish things that they know to be untrue. And I'm just not convinced that. Uh, <laughs> That is a proper use of the freedom of the press to, to print things that you know to be untrue. I, 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 uh, I think we need some comeback on that. And if that's what we mean in practice by an element, a tiny element of regulation, well, I think I'm in favour of that. Sure. And in terms of the truth, um, do you believe that the expose of John Whittingdale's sex life is in the public interest on the basis that he is responsible for the enactment of press regulation? Um, I think some of the particular details of the private life are not, not remotely in the public not, neither interesting nor in the public interest um, however some of the choices he made whilst chair of the culture select committee and indeed perhaps one or two other choices made as sexual state are legitimate subjects for investigation and inquiry by journalists and I don't think that should be shut down by people saying this is all uh, private. These weren't necessarily questions to do with his private life. They were questions to do with his behaviour and his choices while holding uh, government office, or even, as I say previously, in his role at the Select Committee. Um, I think this. I think these, some of these were legitimate questions, and I didn't believe the, those journalists who claim that uh, the whole thing was uninteresting, not something they wanted to report. They'd certainly report all these sorts of details about other people. So it's uh, it's completely implausible that uh, there was somehow not a story. 
And given that he is responsible for the regulation or the commencement of policy, which will lead to regulation of the press, do you believe that his non-commencement is a sort of Damocles, given that he has in the past said that he's keeping the press on his toes by not not commencing Section 40? I think it's getting very involved, and it may well be that after June the 23rd, the Prime Minister, if he's still Prime Minister, which I presume will be, may decide that this is just too complicated to have this person who's been the subject of this sort of uh, speculation inquiry in charge of media interests having that brief. I think uh, it's not so much a sort of Damocles as an as a, uh, unsustainable conflict. Um, now, we've all... <laughs> If we, we all have private lives, we all have aspects of our lives that we wouldn't necessarily want to see in the newspapers. And uh, But it's a bit different if you're a cabinet minister and if you have responsibility for media. And uh, I'm sure I should, I'm sure that the Search Party can find people who uh, <laughs> have relatively uncomplicated private lives <laughs> and, uh, or skeleton, no skeletons and can carry out the, the duties of that department without it being uh, compromised in any other way. Great. Easier said than done, in my opinion. But um, it was great talking to you, Stefan. Thanks very much. Thank you. So there you have it. A prediction from Stefan Stern that John Whittingdale may be ousted in a reshuffle following the EU referendum. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this has been a Young Fabian Communication Network podcast.